Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Just remain, just remain standing for a second. I don't have a, a message for you. I have a destiny for you. Um, during the course of this, two th- you know, the COVID years, I realized I was so full of good messages. But then I realized messages don't change people. What changes people is when they get into direct lineage of who they are. I am no longer going to preach to you that you haven't got anything, that you're empty. I'm going to preach to you from today onward as you are full. And all I'm going to be doing is declaring what's inside of you. What I didn't realize is that when I'm talking to a non-believer, I'm trying to get them to have faith and put their faith in God. But when I'm talking to a believer, I'm talking to them that they have already got faith. So I am no longer trying to... See, I've wasted so many years of my life motivating Christians. <laughs> Seriously, you know, if, you could, I, I, if, if you're listening to me now and you've heard me before, I apologize. <laughs> I've gotten rid of about $6,000 worth of books. And all of these books told me I was really good when I really wasn't. So I'm gonna, I want you to now work with me because God's going to talk to you. I'm no longer, you're no longer children. You're no longer babes in Christ. You're, you're no longer trying to be. You already are. And you're going to learn today is that the Holy Spirit, when Jesus said, I'm going to leave you a comforter, and he will remind you of everything I've told you. So, so, so what he was saying, I've told you a lot of stuff. You've forgotten it. So I'm sending someone else to remind you. So from now on, in 2022, I don't, it stops. Okay? Messages stop. What stops now is possession. We are now going to possess the land. We've talked about it. We've sung about it. But now I am, I, from what I understand what God's speaking to me is that we're no longer going to talk about it, we're going to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a seat. What I want to start off today is if you're thinking that I'm walking a bit gingerly, I am. Um, Part of of what I'm going to be sharing with you is I've had to put into practice more in the last three or four days than I've ever had. Uh, Sul and I... I had uh, Christine on one hand and Silva on the other. We were just walking home and I had a fall. I missed the step, so my feet were flat, but my knees hit the ground. Um, what's his name? We went back to the hotel room. We put ice on it. I thought I was doing okay until a couple of days later, I remembered that both of my feet were absolutely stiff. I couldn't walk. Um, man of faith. I couldn't sleep. I was irritated. I know when I'm irritated, Silva puts a distance between us. 
because uh, I don't do pain well. Is it, does anybody here do pain well? Um, Sylva has a p- high pain tolerance, right? I have a low pain. So Sylva can hit a 10 and not, not, wouldn't tell me about it. I hit a 1 and she's got to know. And, and, and the frustration is I, I, am, I, am, I am letting her know that I'm really in pain and she's not responding the way I want to be responded to. So that's another level. Anyway, so God says to me now, I want you to put this into practice. And so this is, so this is what I started doing. I couldn't, okay, you've got to get understand this. I couldn't walk. I couldn't put any shoes on. I, you know when you're middle of the night, and you just woken up and you have to go to the loo, but you're holding back because you've got to walk? <laughs> yeah, me. And I would wake up in such pain, and then God said, put it into practice. And he said this, okay, I believe that in Isaiah 52, he said, by his stripes I am healed. Okay, so I am healed. So no longer, I stopped saying, God, please heal me. Every time I woke up with pain, I said this, God, I thank you for my healing. I thank you that I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. Now, I want you to tell this. I am still in pain. One of the things I realized, to put a stop and go to another story, I am on an airplane to go to our holidays. And I had a two and a half hour flight. So I got my computer. I had the book I want to do. I wanted to spend two hours with Jesus. But God puts me next to this woman. She believes in stuff that you wouldn't believe in. We start talking about God. And then this is what I realized at the end of the day. She's talking to God through her soul. I'm talking about God through the spirit. So when I talk about Jesus, I'm talking through a born-again spirit. She's talking about God with the revelation from the soul. Now, I want you to listen to me carefully. A revelation that comes out of a soul that is injured never gives you the right definition of God. That's why the psalmist said, he says, bring my soul out of prison so that I can praise your name. What was David saying? While my soul is in prison, I can't worship you. Isn't it interesting that the Bible also tells us this? And he goes, I seek those who will worship me in spirit and truth not out of your soul see your soul loves emotion today i felt emotion during worship there are times i don't feel emotion my soul loves emotion my spirit loves truth so i'm standing here today i I woke up at night thinking about victor and sylvie i'm thinking why i don't need to preach today I can stay home because I can't walk. They can preach. I mean, everything. But as the day went, every time I felt pain, I declared the truth. And guess what? My pain followed the truth. And then one day God woke me up when I was in terrific pain. He said, Ted, that pain isn't yours. It's mine. I took it. It's not your pain, so therefore you have authority to cast it out because it doesn't belong to you. Just, is, is this good? 
But that you can do the same thing with condemnation. What's condemnation? Condemnation is Satan bringing something that doesn't exist, saying that it's yours. And then when you agree with it, you come under it. Hmm. Now, this is going to take a while because it's taken me two years to get to where I am. One of the problems I made as a, as, a, as a preacher, and I've talked to preachers about this, is that God takes you on a journey and you think you can come in a, in a half an hour message and get it all done. You have been force-fed so much soul information that you think it's real. What, now watch this. We're going to deal with this a little bit more. When you get born again, you get a perfect grown-up spirit. Do you realize that there is no baby spirits? There, there is a, God doesn't give you a baby spirit that needs to be fed so that it grows up and matures. The moment you were born again, God gave you a grown-up thinking faith-filled, energy-filled, worship-filled, truth-filled spirit. Now, there is, now, when you get born again, you get into another problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. What happens now is your system, your body has been, your mind has been force-fed that how you feel. That's why people say, I didn't get anything out of worship. You're not supposed to get anything out of worship. We give worship to God. See, I don't worship to get better. I worship because I am. Now, so your soul is now hungry for what's happened to the spirit. Your spirit was dead. So your soul and your spirit before born again would look at it. I'm dead. You are absolutely in bondage to everything you feel, smell, taste, all the, all the stuff of that. So all of a sudden, two bondages in there. Now all of a sudden, one gets born again. Bang. And the soul goes, <gasps> flip, what's happened to you? And then the soul gets a little bit scared and going, well, I'm going to lose my position of authority. Then all of a sudden in your life, there's a new ruler, there's a new king, there's a new dimension. And your soul goes, well, I don't want to do that because I'm addicted to emotion. I love what Bishop Jakes once said. He says, sometimes people were addicted to going out. So on Saturday night, they would party hard, drink hard and all of that. And so it was, they got addicted to it then some people get addicted to coming to church it's be, oh i need a lift i need a lift i need a lift i need a lift and he goes that's your soul see your soul gets something out of worship it's called emotion but when he doesn't get it he tells you you didn't touch god how many of you have walked out of church thinking you didn't please god okay i'll talk to ted ted See, my spirit is pleasing to God. Why? Because it's after made after Him. My spirit doesn't lie. My spirit doesn't deceive. 
My spirit knows things. So what we have here is this. Is if your knowledge about who you are came from the soul realm, it is dependent upon emotions, it's dependent upon feeling, it's dependent on circumstances. But your spirit, it lives independent of circumstances, it lives totally connected to the power and the living God. You good? So now to overcome is we need to uproot everything that's keeping you soul bound. What's keeping you emotion bound. But people, I don't feel this. I don't feel that. That is your soul trying to get preeminence in your world. But your spirit doesn't talk to the mountain, it speaks to the mountain. So now watch this. Faith is not something to be possessed, but released. 2002 and 22, thank you. I've got, to get, I've got to start thinking. This morning when I was saving my message on the computer, I go, flip, it's 22. Watch this. If we start that you have nothing, then you are trying to fill yourself up. I, 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 I love it. You know, uh, some of the songs we used to sing were great. Please, please, those watching online and all that, uh, don't have a go at me. You know, Lord Jesus, I'm empty, please fill me. Jesus, I'm so thirsty. Yeah? So I'm thinking I am empty coming to Jesus to be filled. And you know how the problem, you know why the kingdom of God doesn't increase? It's because we always feel empty. We go to church to get filled to survive another week, not push back the kingdom of darkness. You okay? But isn't it amazing? We did this last year, but you can let if it needs to remind you again. Every time Peter, Paul, John, Matthew, Luke, all of these apostles spoke to the church, they spoke to the church as them having faith, not trying to get them to have faith. You, you get Paul saying, so Peter saying this, um, John says, I'm writing this to let you know the benefits of you being born again. So what you have is that now, when Paul is talking to the church, he's no longer talking to them as you are empty needing to be filled. So in 2022, it is about releasing your faith. Not trying to possess your faith. You, you find, you'll find this, that's why God said to Joshua, see, I have given you the land. He never said, go and conquer it and then it's yours. He says, you are to go in the land because it's your land. See, when you don't feel you have something, then you're trying to put it in. 
Look at, the, look at Hebrews 10, 38. It says this, My righteous ones will live from my faith. Now, righteous. I want you to notice something. No teaching makes you righteous. What teaching does is exposes the righteousness in you. The Bible says, my righteous ones. Who's he talking about? He's talking to the church, present day tense. And he's saying this. If you believe you are righteous, then you are living by my faith. But if you don't believe you are righteous, you're still trying to get faith. See, what happens is if you don't believe you're righteous, then you don't believe that you have faith. And if you don't believe that you have faith, you're acting like a sinner when you're not a sinner. We have been force-fed so much humility disguised as lies. Oh, Jesus, I am a no one. Get out of here. How can you be a no one Then Jesus died for you? Jesus doesn't die for no ones. You're allowed to smile. Now, I know what I'm saying is probably not easy to chew. But if you want to move from where you are, if you want to stop dreaming and start living, this is it. I'm giving you the keys. Now, watch this. My righteous one will live from my faith. I want you to get this straight away. When you understand righteousness, you realize that the faith you are living is of Christ, not your own. So God says, now, let me take you a bit level. If you are forgiven of your sins but not changed, you're still in the same position. Except you're guilt-free. Somebody can murder someone. They can go to court. And no one's pressing charges. And the judge says, you are free from this offense. Guess what? He's free from that offense. He's the person changed? No. So the problem we have is not thinking that we're clean. Is this. Is that we've separated being totally changed and being clean. We've taken this one out and go, okay, now I'm sort of clean, but I don't know who I am. See, what happens is this. Salvation is never complete unless you believe the two, that you are totally clean and totally changed. See, the reason, listen, can I, uh, can I be blunt, honest with you? I, I, I used to sin, but it wasn't my fault. See, the reason I sinned because I was a sinner. The reason I started lying at a young age is because I am a sinner. The reason I belted up my brother is because, I, not because I was bad, is because that's who I was. Come, come on. See, I didn't become, a, I didn't, at, at certain age, I didn't, somebody came up to me, okay, Ted, you're of age now, are you righteous or are you a sinner? Choose you this day. Oh, I think I'll choose to be a sinner, go to sinner school. No one had to teach me how to lie. So the reason we did this, I mean, God says this, now watch this, you need to understand this carefully. Not only are you clean, but you're new. 
If you are not new, it is not complete salvation. All you've got is freedom from guilt. But you're not a new creation. Now watch this. Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for lack of faith, a lack of teaching, a lack of finance, a lack of living... Can somebody pull me up? That's not on there, is there? Listen, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, not a lack of faith. My people are not destroyed for the lack of teaching. It's knowledge. Because you have rejected rejected knowledge. How do you reject knowledge? I, I, I was meditating on this this morning, and I go... I didn't actually, I was thinking, I really felt God say to me, you need to talk about this scripture. But I, and I go, how I reject knowledge? Is this. Somewhere down a track, somebody said something, and then when I hear the truth, I reject it. You could be listening to me right now, go, I reject that. I, yeah, but that's not what I've been taught when I was born again. See, we reject teaching from the soul, not the spirit. Your spirit does not reject God. So what you have here, it says, My people are destroyed because they don't know who they are. And then when somebody tells them who they are, they reject it. Like people say this to me, Well, how can I say when I'm healed when I still have pain in my body? That is the rejection of truth. I am not rejecting that I couldn't walk, but what I am rejecting is my soul says this, but there is a higher truth that overrides this truth, and who who will I receive? The Bible will always give you a choice. Your soul will give you a choice. Your spirit will give you a choice. When it comes to worship, My spirit gives me a choice. My soul gives me a choice. So when it comes to worship, uh, why are they singing that song? I don't like that. Did you you see the way she was swinging? Well, you you don't need that if you're in the spirit. (laughs) That's what my soul does. But you know what? My spirit doesn't look at who's worshipping. My spirit sees a born-again believer expanding, giving a heart and a life in worship with God. That is why, listen to me carefully. When you go into a worship session, if all you see are the musicians, you're not in the spirit. Hallelujah. (laughs) Okay. This is just the beginning. Now watch this. In Hebrews 10, 16. Afterwards, I will give them this covenant. I will embed my laws into their hearts and fasten my word to their thoughts. Now watch this. Who, is it, is it, see, this, this scripture is not talking about the nation of Israel, but it applies to them. This is... The born again experience. 
Now, what, what did you say? I will give them. Now, what, that, that, may I encourage you? For me, to, what God started to do with me, I started to listen to every message I could find about new kingdom realities. I remember listening to a, a ministry called Bill Winston Ministries. Fantastic. You can Google them. Amazing. I'm, I'm listening to him. How many times I had to pull the car over and go flip? I never saw that. One day I was driving to go shopping, and he made this comment. The power of life and death is not with God or the devil. It's within your tongue. I go, what? I had to watch because you're not allowed to touch your phone while you're driving. Just in case a police is watching. Now, I pulled my car over. I pulled it up and I go, did he say that? He says, the power of the tongue is not with the devil, it's with you. So I looked it up and I go, he's right. But see, that comes. How many of you ever read that verse? I've read that verse over and over again. And I assumed it said that I had no power. He said, the power of life and death are in my tongue, not Satan's. I pulled the car over. The 15-minute shopping turned into two hours because I'm just pulled over. I'm going, it's hot outside. i got the aircon on. Thank God for air conditioning. But, but see, what happens is this. is Then at that time, I had to make a decision. Do I give up what I thought or do I now give myself over to this brand new revelation? And if I give myself over to this brand new revelation, I'm going to have to watch what I speak. Okay, that's just some, by the way. But listen, I will give them this government. I will, I want you to notice something here. The I will. I will give them, bang. And once it's given, it is not removed. If you want to know a little bit more, watch the Christmas message. When God gives a present, it's permanent. I will embed my laws into their hearts and fasten my words on their thoughts. You know what that means? That's called the transformation part. I will put my laws into them. I'll give them a brand new spirit. And then I will retrain that the soul comes into agreement with my spirit. And when the two agree, something happens. Look at Jeremiah 31, 33 with me. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. So I want you to notice this. When you were born again, your heart now becomes the written word. Where's the word? Inside of you. You're not empty. How can you be empty if his word is written inside of you? Just, just, just go to God and God, God, I'm empty. God goes, your, Paul says, we are a written word exemplified to all men. 
So wait, God has written his word in you. Now watch this. That is why you, there's the power of agreement. Is when your soul agrees. Because something is in God's laws are in you. So now as I'm talking to you, guess what's happening? What is in you is now excited because what is in you is hearing a voice that agrees. I'll deal with that a little bit more. Listen, but have a listen to the Message Bible of Jeremiah 31, 33, and 34. But this is a brand new covenant that I will make with Israel when the time comes. What does it mean brand new? Before the cross, people read the word to get the word in them. After the cross, they read the word what was in them. So before the cross, I'd read the word to put it in me. But now that I become born again, I read the word of God that is in me. Think about this. Now, just, just let that kind of sink in, that the word of God is written in your heart, and it cannot lie. Well, it gets better. I will put my law within them, write it on their hearts, and be their God, and they will be my people. Listen, now watch this. They will no longer go around setting up schools to teach others about God. Hmm. Now, I want you to get this. This is now Old Covenant speech. Old Covenant speech, you went to school to learn about God. They will know me firsthand. Just, just, just park there for a second. A lot of people can talk about God. A lot of people can quote God. A lot of people are wearing T-shirts about God. A lot of people are making movies about God. A lot of people are singing songs about God. But they don't know him firsthand. Now watch me carefully. A revelation about God that doesn't come from first-hand personal experience will never bring you freedom. The reason I am an expert on salvation, I'm an expert. You know why I'm an expert on salvation? Because I'm saved. I know God personally. He's my Abba. See, what happens is this. Before I was saved, I could quote you what my mom said about salvation. I could quote you what my pastor said about salvation. But when I got saved, I stopped quoting my mom. I stopped quoting my dad. I stopped quoting my church. I stopped quoting the Bible. I am. How do you know you're saved? I really don't know, but I know that I am. Can you give me a scripture verse? No, I don't. I know people that have been saved that don't even have a scripture reference. <laughs> now, watch this. They will know me firsthand. The dull and the forget, sorry, the dull and the bright, the smart and the slow. I will wipe the slate clean. I will, I will wipe their slate clean 
from each of them. I will forget that I've ever sinned. Now, I want you to notice this. Forgiving of sins and personal relationship and writing of the word of God come together. What God has joined together, let no man separate. We've used that word for weddings. Yeah, it, I agree with it. But it's got a higher acceleration than just being a wedding. What God has joined together. I want you to get this. God has joined the forgiveness of sins with him, giving you a brand new heart. And not only giving you a brand new heart, but writing on it. What God has joined together. Don't separate. So let me tell you this now. All of us here, me included. If you say that you are clean, that means that you are righteous. If you are righteous, you're operating by his faith. Don't separate it. It's a package deal. So therefore, it means that if the church, I'm talking now historically, the church has been so fixated about having the sins removed that they have forgotten who they are. You can be clean and be broke. Can we really, really, really be blunt here? The statistics on depression in churches, now this is like you can get them from America because they do most surveys, is in the same category as those people that are, not out, that are outside of the church. And I go, well, how, how, how does that exist? They're clean, but they're depressed. You okay? But see, what we've done is we have forgotten. He says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. They are destroyed. It's because they feel that their sins are forgiven, but they still feel in a destroyed state. They still feel like I am a sinner. They still feel like I haven't got faith. They still feel like I'm not, I'm not hitting it right. I'm not right. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Listen to me carefully. The soul majors on your performance. So therefore, it's about how you behave. But your spirit has a main emphasis on who you are. The church has been fixated about changing people's behaviors without realizing to change a person's behavior, they have to come to a realization on who they are. We, we've turned around. See, my soul... Doesn't make my spirit better. It's my spirit that makes my soul better. Now watch this. A clean state. Now watch this. There are two forms of education. One form of education is you don't know anything. You're totally empty and I'm going to put it into you. And the other form of education is I'm drawing it out of you. So now you know where we're going. Now watch this. Education means to draw out. Education comes from the Latin word educur, meaning to draw out the pupil, the pupil. That is to say, true education is less about what you put into a student and more about what you draw out. Now, now watch this. 
as a, as a young man, I was fascinated with rock music and special guitars. Uh, I, in my mind, I was a rock guitarist, but then I got saved and I became a Christian rock guitarist. <laughs> uh, I so wanted to play the guitar. So uh, the school that I went to, on Wednesday afternoon, you could choose a topic. So if you wanted to do more maths and all that, or, or, or uh, what's his name, or you can do music. Now, I really, really was terrible at music theory. That's when I first got my first strap, is because I couldn't understand. You had these notes. What are these things, little round things coming up? I'm going, it's like a thermometer with a little bit on it. I couldn't understand it, but... There was this thing that you can learn how to play guitar. And I go, you beauty, I have a desire. So I borrowed a guitar and I got a professional teacher. I lasted a month and a half. My teacher looked at me and said, Fabianic, um, you just haven't got it. And I go, yes, I have. I have a dream. You know what it, was, what it was? I kept practicing and practicing and practicing. I, um, I was made to practice alone at home because dad didn't believe in punishing. Right? I, I, I just, they, it didn't matter how hard I tried. I couldn't get So this is what I'm fascinated with, this music. See, uh, you know when you listen to music and if you're a muser, you know when to change chords? <laughs> right? And then, right, but I was still fascinated. So I decided, well, maybe I'm really good at building them. So I, I, back then we didn't have the internet, so I, I got the, what's his name, the newspaper out. I went and rang every violin building place, cello building place. I finally got a job, I don't even know why, at a handmade guitar shop. Now, the only thing I knew about woodwork is you have a sword that really cuts, and you have a hammer, and if you miss it, it hurts you. That was my extent, right? I, I, I never would have been a builder. And so, so what happened was, the guy says, yeah. And they put me next to this master craftsman. And there was something that he did that drew something out of me. And I became a, a master craftsman. But, yeah, but there was no effort in it. Um, what he, what, he, just, he just said, now, this is the way you do it. Oh, you know, and the, you know, he says, now, smell the wood. Now, when the wood smells like this, that means it's dry. And then the glue and this. And, and then he, it, it just made sense. Do you know what I'm... See, what was happening is that this teacher didn't make me. He drew it out of me. So guess what? My job... Pastor Silva, Pastor Victor. Guess what our job is? Pastor Aja. Is to draw it out of you. I'm here to tell you you're full of faith. Listen to this. I'll finish up on this. But when the Father sends the spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, the, the word they're free is redeemed from the curse. And he will teach you all things in my name. And he will inspire you and to remember every word that I've told you. I want you to get this. The Spirit of God right now 
is drawing it out of you. So guess what? Guess what's in you? You have faith in you. This is just the beginning, okay? This is, uh, this is level, not even level one. Okay, this is the foundation. But if you miss this, nothing else makes sense. So if you're watching online here, I need you. I encourage you to go over these scriptures. And it's this. is when I'm looking at you now, I'm not thinking, how can I get you to have faith? I'm going, how do I draw it out? How do I draw it out? Do you know one of the things that draws your faith out is worship of God? Worship of God tells you who you are. So what happens is this, is we have been misled, force-fed, to thinking that we haven't got it and we are trying to get it. I'm going to church so I can get faith. I'm going to church so I can get healed. I'm going to church. Do you realize, do you realize the magnitude that's in you? You're not just clean. Yes, you are clean. But you're righteous. So what's God doing? He's telling you, remember, remember, remember. Listen to me carefully now. Why do you think Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says this? When you, as often as you come together, break bread. What, you know what was happening? Paul was continually going, I'm certifying this fact that his blood has made you, his body has made you. So what happens is this, Paul is always saying, I never get tired to reinforce this because what is destroying us is not the power of Satan because Satan has been dealt with. It's not, it cannot longer be a sin problem because sin has been dealt with. It can no longer be a financial problem because financial problem has been dealt with. See, what starts to happen, I used to go, oh, you're not like that because you're sinning. Jesus has dealt with the sin problem, correct? Jesus has dealt with the emotional problem. Jesus has dealt with the righteousness problem. So right now, where is the problem? Gee, my leg's feeling a lot better too. must be your faith. See, what, just, if, if, you're thinking, if you're thinking that it's a sin problem, guess what? Every time you come to church, what do you want to do? Confess. Uh, I remember driving to church as a kid. You know what we used to do for 40 minutes while driving to church? We used to remember, what are we going to confess in church? My, my list was always big. See, if you think that you have a sin problem, you will always be focused on God, please forgive me. God, please forgive me. If you, if, you have a, if you don't feel your righteousness, what you keep doing, how can I get right before God? If you think it's a faith problem, you go, what can I do to increase my faith? Isn't it interesting, and I come to a close this because we want to pray for people. When the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith, he didn't give them a formula. Why didn't he give him a formula? Is how can you give you a formula for what's already inside of you? When you buy a new car, you get a handbook. You know what the handbook is there? 
The handbook is telling you what you own, not what you can have. So when we got the car that we're driving in now, it had a CD in it. It had two big volumes like this in it. And I looked at it, what in the world is this for? Then I realized this book is not trying to make the car. What this book is telling me, if you read this book, you will know what you possess. And if you know what you possess, you know what you can have. So when you lift up your Bible, you open up your Bible, whether it's by this or whatever, what it's doing is telling you what you have inside of you. Now, and I'll, clo I'll close on this. That's why the Bible calls the word the mirror. We were always taught that the word of God is a mirror to tell you your faults. That's before I was born again. When I looked at the word before I was born again, it told me that no amount of effort that Ted Fabiani can do can get him over the line to being born again. But the moment I got born again, I picked up the same word, and it was no longer telling him what I'm not. It's telling me who I am. Where's Danielle? Is Danielle here? Danielle, can you, can you come just play the keyboards? Was that you? Oh, you, what, did you think it was? Can, can, hey, can you play the keyboard? Oh, uh, hey. Ah, uh, I, I was drawing it out of you. Okay, if you can see, hey, look, I'm not too sure where you are, but if you can see Danielle, um, after the meeting, we'll put you on, okay? That's good. I wonder what else I can draw out of here this morning. We were, we were good. She's going to go out and buy a new keyboard now. Just, just watch her. She's going to go on eBay while we're praying. Has somebody got a spare keyboard that we can give? So, you know, you know how it starts? It, it, it just starts, right, by acknowledging, God, I want to thank you for what's inside of me. That's how it starts. It's, it's, it's not difficult. We're, we're going to pray for people that need prayer. But it starts, God, I thank you that I'm righteous. God, I thank you. I, I thank you that I'm not just clean, but I'm righteous. I'm not just righteous. I am justified. I'm not just justified. I am redeemed. I am accepted. Would you do something really brave this morning? I'm going to ask you to do something brave. I'm going to... Is that... I'm going to get you to stand in a moment, but, but I'm going to get you to, to stand on this. God, I'm going to stand because I want to identify with you. I don't want to identify with anybody else. That means this. I'm going to identify with this word. 
that my right, I'm going to identify that I'm righteous. I'm going to identify that I have faith. I'm going to start to identify. You know, wherever you are, you, we, we've, we've identified with our faults. We've identified with so much. Would you today do something so brave? Well, if you're watching it on, on the television or that, you know, if you're in carpool over, but you've got to do something. See, faith requires action. It's not faith until you do something. I was in the shower and my foot started throbbing. I go, no, not now. And that's the only word that came to me. It says, Ted, faith is action. Walk out of the shower. I walked out in the pain left. See, what we, one of the things we do, this, this is just information. But will you identify with this message? Will you identify that you're clean? Would you identify that you're righteous? Will you identify that you are loved? Will you identify it? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, 2022 is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be a year where I am not going to possess faith, but I'm going to release faith. If God's speaking to you, and what you want to do is just as an act, as that faith action, is to stand up and say, God, I identify that I am totally and utterly born again. I'm going to identify that your word is written in my heart. I'm going to identify that all my sins are forgiven. I identify it in Jesus' name. If that's you, you just want to make a, a declaration between you and God. This is not about me. It's about between you and God. If God's drawing it out and you want to identify it, I want you to just stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. See, by you standing up, you've just said, I no, I no longer need self-effort. I no longer need props. I no longer just need encouragement. But the Spirit of God right now is drawing it out of you. He's drawing it out of you. He's drawing it out of you. He's drawing it out of you. You are no longer what you were. You are a brand new creation. Your spirit inside of you is now coming into full agreement with God. And right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just pray for the Holy Spirit to draw it out. Father, draw it out. Father, everything we need, we draw it out. We draw it out. We draw it out. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare, I am who you say I am. I am saved. I am righteous. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am no longer the back. I am the front. Father, in Jesus' name. You know what? While you're there, I feel so strongly about this. I just want to spend some time and just start to declare it. Just where you are. Don't worry about the person next to you. I want you to start to declare, I am. God, I thank you that I am saved. God, I thank you that I am healed. Start as you're speaking. It's being drawn out of you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we, this is our first service for 2022. And it's not going to be like any other year before because you do all things new. Father, I just thank you as we start this process that, Father God, everything's going to fall away. Father, we're going to see something absolutely brand new that we've never seen before in our lives. In Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we give God a hand?